Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome to a special edition of First Bite, our midweek podcast for Pride of Detroit and your Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. I am coming to you live from a hotel just outside of Indianapolis where I have just witnessed the first two days of Lions, Colts, uh, joint practices, the only two days before their Saturday preseason game. I will be running a bit of a solo podcast here, kind of running down the things that I learned after two very eventful, very fun days of uh, joint practices um, to everyone who came out um, and said hi. Appreciate you, all of you who are there. Really good Lions turnout, and, and the, the Colts really do a really good job of putting on these joint practices. Their, their facility is great. It's great for fans and uh, great for, for media as well. Um, the one downside I would say is that because they have the fields lined up end-to-end, uh, you kind of had to choose whether you're going to watch the offense or defense for a day. And uh, that's where we're going to start because on Wednesday, the first practice, I opted to watch the Lions offense. And it was kind of an up and down day for them. Um, the way things started, I was a bit concerned that the, the Lions just as a whole maybe were a little bit in over their head. Um, one-on-ones, they were getting out physical. Um, it was really hard not to watch Jamal Williams and and some of the Colts linebackers just go at it, jaw at each other. Um, but you could tell that the Colts were kind of had a little bit more energy. Maybe they were a little bit more comfortable not having to travel. Um, and and then some of it was just you know they they probably have a better roster than the Lions. I don't think I'm telling any uh, tales out of school here. That uh, they have a very talented roster. They they plan on being a playoff contending team, whereas the Lions aren't there yet. So. When one-on-one started and they were being more physical, the, the Lions... Here's the thing. When you're watching the Lions offense do one-on-ones and then seven-on-sevens, those are drills that highly favor the offense. And so when the Lions were came, coming out struggling there, both in terms of pass protection, running the ball, running routes, the running backs, the tight ends, Hawkinson was having a really tough time with the physical nature of some of these Colts defensive backs and linebackers. And so... When the Lions came out struggling at those, it was a bit concerning. But then you move to, to 11 on 11s, and suddenly things start to open up a little bit. And the Lions run some of their kind of misdirection stuff that, that they've been doing all camp um, that, that's been successful. And, and it starts to open up, and you start to see this offense show the potential that they have, you know, not only in, in the last preseason game in that first opening drive, but all of training camp. And... You know, you you look at all that and you think to yourself, well, they sucked at one-on-ones. They weren't very good on seven-on-sevens. But when you bring into the fold the strength of this offense, the offensive line, 
well, things start to come together. And it's not just the passing game that's working. The running game w- was quite successful. The, DeAndre Swift was able to, to break out a few big runs. Um, and then, you know, it, it wasn't as good as you, you hoped in the red zone, but it was certainly better um, than it started. And so I came away on day one with the offense, mostly feeling pretty good once the full team came in there. But you, you also kind of wondered, okay, maybe DJ Chark, maybe Josh Reynolds, the reason those guys were so dominant um, during training camp was the Lions' defensive backs. And then when you hear the reports about how the defense performed in day one, where you're hearing just Jeff Okuda is getting burned, Manny Oruari is getting burned, Matt Ryan is, is basically completing every pass and scoring a touchdown on almost every throw in the red zone, you're like, yo, maybe this team isn't as good as I thought it was. And listen, like, it was a bit of a wake-up call. And maybe it was for the team, but as a fan, I think it was a wake-up call. Me like, okay, we need to remember, we've been riding high basically all offseason with, with hard knocks, with a good training camp, with a, a decent preseason game. Day one was kind of a reminder, okay, this team isn't where it needs to be yet. We, we need to scale back the expectations a little bit. But the whole reason I jumped on this podcast and doing this at all is really because of day two. Because I feel like the optimism is going to swing right back in because I spent day two just watching the defense. And it kind of had a similar trajectory um, to day one in the offense in that the Colts looked pretty good to start. Except it wasn't as dominant at all, in fact. Um, They broke out a couple of big runs, which was kind of surprising to see because even the defensive reports from day one were that while Lions DBs were getting burned, they actually looked pretty good on the defensive front, which, again, not that much of a surprise, but also something you really like to hear because, especially in the interior defensive line, that's something that we haven't seen the Lions uh, be successful at either in the preseason. You know, they gave up big runs um, in, in that first game against the, the Falcons and, you know, with no Levi and, you know, Josh Pascal kind of still on the sidelines there. You're kind of wondering when these guys are going to um, break out. But by all means, the Lions defensive front, even on, you know, when I watched them on the second day, I thought they were just kind of dominating that Colts offensive line and especially their reserves. And I think there are a lot, there's some questions on that Colts offensive line, um, even though, you know, they were a pretty good unit last year. I think, I think now there, there's some questions about it. Um, but let me get into some more specifics about um, day two in the Lions defense because really the story of the day were the defensive backs. And I, I thought it was, it was really, really interesting before practice because I thought Dan Campbell did a great job describing day one. But the, the quote that really got my attention was when he was asked about the defensive backs in day one. Because you, you kind of expect him, he's an honest guy, to say, like, listen, they struggled. We're hoping they bounce back today. That's not exactly what he said. Instead, he talked about how the defensive backs were in the right positions. It, it didn't feel like they were getting outplayed. It's just when the ball was there, they weren't making the plays. They, they, they didn't have the ball skills. They weren't knocking it down. They weren't being competitive at the point of catch. And I'll read the, the exact quote from him. He says, I want to see us compete a little more or be in the fight at the catch point with some of these receivers. Because at the end of the day, look, they made some great throws on their end. They made some dang good catches. But at some, at the same point, we got some of those where we're in position to make a play and we just got to get some of those out. And I bring up that quote because that is quite literally exactly what the Lions did on Thursday. Jeff Okuda comes out. 
two great pass breakups in the first 20 minutes of, of practice. And, and these are team drills. Um, and, and, you know, to kind of go back for a second, um, day one, reading some of the reports. Again, I didn't watch the defense on day one. But reading some of the reports, it seems like the Lions defensive backs really struggled in one-on-ones, and they really struggled on seven-on-sevens. And again, those are two drills heavily favor the offense. So I'm not trying to excuse their performance, but it puts it into a little better context because they didn't do one-on-ones on day two. Um, and then when they went on seven-on-sevens, it was, it was much better. It was, it was all red zone, those seven-on-sevens. And for the first set, the Colts did get in the end zone a couple times. Um, I had him four touchdowns on, on 11 plays. So it wasn't like the Lions defense was perfect and suddenly completely fixed. There were some miscommunications. There were some running into each other. Some things that you, you, you normally see this early in training camp. Tracy Walker tried to get really aggressive on, on a pass breakup angle. And he, you know, uh, Matt Ryan floated it over his head. Um, <clears throat> but once they moved to 11-11s, again, once you bring in the offensive and defensive lines into the mix, things really skewed towards the lines. And listen, I think that tells you a lot about this team, right? If on offense, once the, the offensive line is into the mix, and on defense, once the defensive line is into the mix, suddenly the lines were more competitive on both sides of the ball. Well, that tells you where the strength of this team lies. They're, they're getting better in the trenches. And so during those early portions of, of each practice, they're not as good. But when everyone's out there, Suddenly, they're a competitive team, and that's what we saw in this game, um, this this day, I should say, on, on Thursday. Um, you know, d- the the kind of company line that that everyone's been been throwing out there, and and it, it's worth throwing out there is once they went into red zone, kind of that second, no longer seven on sevens, full eleven eleven red zone drills. The Colts had twelve plays, six from the first team offense, six from the second team offense, and they did not find the end zone a single time. Um, maybe even more impressively, the first and the second team offense both had a goal-to-goal situation from the one-yard line, and they did not come close to converting either time. The first one, there was a, a mixed uh, a mix-up at the exchange for the handoff. Hutchinson falls on it, which you love to see, and he got up and did a little dance that was something. <laughs> he said it wasn't uh, wasn't Michael Jackson related, but he didn't know what he does, what he did because he cannot control his body, uh, when he's out there. Second team defense, which again, I want to reiterate was just dominating the Colts offense all day. Um, they just get a complete run stuff where I think the, the running back lost two yards on the play. So, um, really impressive red zone, um, performance from, the Lions defense. Um, let me scroll through really quick. And um, Oh, Malcolm Rodriguez. What do you know? Has another really, really good day. Um, tackles, uh, a, a tackle for loss in the red zone, which I think you can see if, you, if you're if you on the Lions Instagram, where he, he grabs, I, I believe it's Jonathan Taylor's jersey, and holds on for dear life uh, until some teammates can, can clean it up. But just, again, shoots through the gap. And in fact, one of the more interesting um, series of plays on Thursday, early on, um, we see Derek Barnes, and one of, one of the first plays of practice gets deep, gets beat deep by a tight end by one or two steps. Big game. He immediately comes out of the game. They put Malcolm Rodriguez in, and what does the rookie do? Very first play, run stuff for zero yards. 
And I think he's probably one of the biggest takeaways yet again from these set of joint practices. Apparently he had a really good day on Wednesday where he was basically first team the entire time. This one I would say he was a little more split between first and second team on Thursday. But again, he's the guy that showed up. He showed up in the two-minute drill as well where he, he makes a tackle. I would say for one or two yards, they ended up giving the Colts player five or six yards, and I think that was just to kind of um, give, give Indianapolis an opportunity to, to try specific, um, you know, specific down and distances and things like that. But I, I think we're getting to a point here where we can't, I, I can't hold it in anymore. I can't pretend like this isn't happening. Malcolm Rodriguez is well on his way to starting in week one, period. And that that's a shocker. I know there's there's been fans of Malcolm Rodriguez since day one. And I know some of the tape out there was impressive. And I know a lot of us, even in rookie minicamp, when, when you hear Kelvin Shepard say, this is one of the smartest rookies I've ever been around, you take in that information and you're like, okay, but this is the offseason where we hype up everybody. We're at a point now of no return. Like This is a guy who has taken first-team reps, consistently over the last week. And we saw we all saw hard knocks, right? We all saw what Malcolm Rodriguez said to all those other linebackers. We all know what Malcolm Rodriguez and Aaron Glenn said to the, the coaches. This is a guy who is playing at an unbelievable level, providing the best linebacker play this team has seen in at least five years. He's going to be a starter this year. And I think it's going to be week one, and he just continues to show up. Um... I want to get into that that two-minute drill, and in case you haven't read my observations piece, the the exact situation is a minute 10 left, 35-yard line, their own 35-yard line. Both the first team and the second team Colts offense did not earn a first down. On the first play for for Matt Ryan and and the Colts offense, finds uh, Michael Pittman Jr. for four to five yards, tackle inbounds, the clock running. Second play, they go to Kyle Granson, their backup tight end. Amani Oruari punches the ball out. Again, the Lions attacking the point of catch, just like Dan Campbell said. And that, to me, I can't stress that enough. If we want to praise this coaching staff and praise this team and its players for listening to this coaching staff, right there is a perfect example where Dan Campbell comes out, tells the media right before practice, I want these defensive backs to attack the ball more. I think I saw four or five pass breakups where they're doing exactly that. Punching the ball out if it's in the player's grasp or even knocking it out before it even gets there. They were being extremely competitive and, and very impressive. Um, third play, is all over uh, Pittman again. Uh, but this one, they do throw a flag. Um, pass interference or holding, I'm not sure which one they called. Um, Colts end up go, ignoring it declining it. I think Frank Reich said after practice, we just wanted to practice a fourth down play. So technically speaking, this wasn't a true four and out, but fourth down, what happens? They try to go to Paris Campbell, A.J. Parker in the slot, bats it away. Point of catch, another batted ball. And so again, really, really big turnaround from this this line secondary in a way that almost has me not believing all the reports from the previous day because that is, I mean, I think it's fair to say this was the best defensive performance of training camp, period. Because we all know how much they struggled against the Lions receivers. 
to see them put up this sort of performance against Colts receivers, I thought was just very, very impressive. The second team, um, the one guy I haven't mentioned, I haven't really talked about the defensive front at all, um, Austin Bryant, just absolutely dominant day. Again, Colts offensive line reserves, probably not as good as, as they're looking for, but Austin Bryant is a guy who, and I was just thinking about it today, he was completely off the roster for me at the beginning of camp. You know, the Lions obviously invest in Hutchinson. They invest in Josh Paschal. You're hoping Romeo gets back sometime soon. Charles Harris comes back after a really good year. You look at a guy like Austin Bryant and you say, where does this guy fit in? And he has done nothing short of impress almost every single day of training camp. And at this point, I don't think he's only a, a roster lock. I think he's a guy that they're going to rely on a lot um, rotationally. You know, he's not going to rep ahead of Charles Harris. He's not going to rep ahead of Aiden Hutchinson, but he's going to be the next guy in. And as a pass rusher, I think you have to feel pretty comfortable with the way he's been playing so far. Um, elsewhere on the, the defensive line, Hutchinson, I thought a pretty good day. Um, I would say, you know, maybe like a 60-40 split on one-on-ones. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit better, 70-30. Um, Obviously, has a fumble recovery as well. Charles Harris continues to look like a guy that I think might do even better than he did last year. And Aleem McNeil, just that dude. I'm, I can't wait to see it in game because we, we talked about it all offseason. This attacking front, he's one of the guys that's going to benefit from it because he was almost too gapping last year where he's just he's reading and reacting and not attacking. But you see it out there in practice, man, when that short area quickness he's got, when he's given the green light to just attack up field, he can be dangerous. And and I saw it several times in this game. So I'm he's one of the guys, week one, I am just going to be so excited to see. Um, but uh, I, I think I want to close things up there. I don't want this to be too long. I know I focused heavily on day two rather than day one, but that's fresh in my mind. And again, I got really excited about the team after I watched that game, watched that practice, because I do feel really good about the way that they responded. And when you see a team respond like that, you have to give it up to the coaching staff, right? I, kn- I know we're, we're all trying to hype this coaching staff up a lot, and I, I just thought today was a really, really good example. Now, Saturday has, has lost a little bit of its intrigue, if, if we're being honest, because Campbell said at the beginning of uh, day two that a lot of these starters that, that are getting all these reps during joint practices are probably not going to play on Saturday, but some of them are. Some of the young guys, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see some Malcolm Rodriguez in there. Um, we'll certainly see a lot of Derek Barnes, I imagine, and maybe some of the some of those other defensive guys that are still battling for for positions. But things are going to be scaled back considerably, I think, for, from Game One here. So, still, hopefully, uh, we see some interesting things Saturday. Um, uh, obviously, number one priority um, is that everyone stays healthy, but. I would say, in general, these Colts joint practices were were really beneficial to the team. I would say I came away more optimistic about the team than going in. Um, still some plenty of work to do. Still, uh, I, I still think the defense has a, a long ways to go. But when you see them respond like that to an opponent that they just saw, you have to wonder, okay, well, how will they respond maybe at halftime of a game? You know, if, 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 they, if they're capable of, of making those sort of adjustments – in a day, how much can they do it on kind of a shorter schedule? So, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about the team right now. Um, not in a way where, you know, I'm expecting them to win 10, 12 games or anything like that. But it's another kind of 
it's mounting evidence that this team is being well coached. It's mounting evidence that this team is heading in the right direction. It's mounting evidence that the offense is legitimately good, question mark, and the defense is improving. And I think at that point, you know, given that we're one and a half years from a complete teardown of the roster, I think Lions fans should be pretty happy with that progress and pretty optimistic going into the 2022 season. So we'll leave it at that. Um, we will do a post-game show of Lions Colts Sunday night on our Twitch channel if you want to watch live, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. As always, it will be available here on the podcast feed Monday morning. Uh, but until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support for Pride of Detroit. It's chaos. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.